Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. We just got Sundays with Joe and all the Woodmans in Illinois. I love all the support from everyone and all the stores. Good job, you bastard. Fuck off, asshole. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And today is Friday. So you know what this is. This week is Bachelor Nation. And as you know, we've begun Gore Girl Summer. We are in the long, cold days of the off season. So the (laughs) news, the gains. Obviously, we have no ratings for the show because the show is not airing. And the gains have kind of tapered off. So we're just going to be covering news. We're going to be giving you those screams. Of course, we're going to be talking about the parasocial plays because the parasocial game never sleeps. That other game, that secondary game from the main game. We hope that you all enjoyed the start of Gore Girl Summer, both our twibbon last week with the Dark Seeker, Grace Ann Parks, and our first Gore Girl Welcome to the Pit, Sarah Heron. We interviewed Sarah Heron, and it was a fantastic interview, and we have a wild lineup coming up this Gore Girl Summer. You are not going to want to miss it. The next, the next couple are going to blow your minds. It's blowing my mind that... It's even happening. All of these next ones that we have coming up, I'm just like, I I can't believe it. In some cases, these are dreams come true for me, literally. Mm -hmm. So we hope that you guys will enjoy our Gore Girl Summer uh, as much as we are. Because these interviews are just going to be so much fun. And hopefully we'll get some some interesting info out of them as well. As soon as you said your dream coming true, I pictured the dream that you talked about where you were in an army plane jumping into like a Hunger Games Paradise style game. Out of an airplane. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream that's going to be coming true. We've done it, guys. We've created our own version of The Bachelor. It is a Hunger Games, and I will be playing. We have a couple pieces of business before we get into our state of the game this week. First of all, we have new Welcome to the Pit merch. That astounding design by Ella Tolkien that we have on our sweatshirts is now also available on posters, prints, and stickers. Just go to Etsy.com slash shop slash Game of Roses, and it's all going to be going away in approximately two weeks because we have some very exciting stuff happening. So if you are eyeing that welcome to the merch, welcome to the merch, (laughs) welcome to the pit merch, (laughs) if it's in your cart, you know, you might want to press checkout soon. And don't forget, we have a book signing coming up this Saturday at 3 p.m. here in Los Angeles, Skylight Books, and this is historic. Because for the first time ever, this is a sanctioned event. We've done other book signings, sure. Yes, we did one. But without the permission of the people who owned the property. Boo, the Grove. The Grove sucks. (laughs) I'll be talking a little more about the Grove, by the way, my screams from the pit, rest assured. So stick around for that. But yes. (laughs) 
This is not happening at the Grove. It's happening at Skylight Books in Los Feliz, 3 p.m. this Saturday. Bring your books, bring your cans of sauce, your t-shirts, whatever you got. We're happy to sign everything and take pictures with whoever may want them. More info on their website, skylightbooks.com. And yeah, bring your best smile play too. Mm. Take some pictures. And we might be giving out roses. Time will tell. So bring your rose containers. (laughs) Cans? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It would be funny if someone brings like a delicate vase filled with water and I hand them like this dollar store rose. Here you go. Treasure it. (laughs) Or like a, uh, you know, like a Lucite box to keep it for all time. Yeah, bring your Lucite boxes. They bring like that Beauty and the Beast style dome thing to put it in. <laughs> it's like a glass dome. So now we are going to move into <laughs> discussing how our beloved game is changing. As all things change, as all things evolve, so too must our beloved game. And we want to talk this week specifically about some new things that are coming up in our beloved game. This is Game, game of Roses. Of Roses. State of the game. As we all now know, we are firmly in the off season. There is no game that will be broadcast for at least July. Is that when mm-hmm. the next season of Bachelorette starts airing? Yeah, so that's three months. Three months, and It's an interesting three months because they're also shooting the current season of Bachelorette now. So it will be complete and waiting to air for essentially another month, which is longer than it Mm -hmm. usually takes. Usually they shoot it and then it starts airing immediately on the heels of production stopping so that the watchback only has like a, a month and a half to two months of whoever the ring winner and the lead are that have to you know, keep their relationship in secret and go to these little rendezvous and stuff. Mm -hmm. This seems like it's going to have a little bit more time, but why is that? Why do you think we're seeing such a long off season here? That I don't know. I I truly do not know. Cause I think in the past, the air dates of the bachelor have been, or bachelorette have been a little bit earlier. I know this past year is kind of like its own weird thing because we just had, it was bachelor, then Bachelor in Paradise, then Bachelorette, then Bachelorette. It was just back to back to back to back to back. We literally had, I think, one week off uh, during the whole course of it. I'm guessing that it is because of that that we didn't have any off season, and probably the crews are pretty burnt out at this point as well. I think usually the Bachelor airs a little earlier, but I, I don't know why they're doing this. Why ever they're doing it, though, the off season for our beloved game, and for all other sports, serves a pretty important purpose. It allows the audience to rest. It allows the (laughs) audience to build back up anticipation for the next season. That Mm -hmm. You're seeing it right now in the NFL. There are still events that happen in the course of the offseason that fans can be very excited about. Like in the NFL, the draft is coming up very soon. So everybody is excited to see who the big college prospects are and which teams they'll be going to and Then you get to anticipate, oh, my team's going to be good this year. That team's going to be good this year or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. We have something very similar in our beloved game. Obviously, they've announced all these rookie players who are going to be in the next season of Bachelorette. And so we now are getting access to their Instagrams. We're starting to look at them and rest assured when it gets closer to the season airing, Pace Case and I will be going through all of their Instagrams and making our predictions Mm -hmm. about who we think is going to do what and blah, blah, blah. But I, for one, enjoy 
the off season for that very reason that it allows me to build back up anticipation to rest to recuperate from the especially the end of this season the schedule of it where they were doing monday and tuesday nights it's just brutal i also enjoy the off season because we get to do things like grow girl summer and do these interviews that we've been wanting to do for years literal years at this point. We get to go more in depth. We don't have the hustle and bustle of the schedule during season in which it's very difficult for us to also do interviews with our schedule. So yeah, I can't wait for all of the interviews that we've got lined up. Some really exciting ones. Um, But we thought we would take this state of the game to discuss the off season as well as what the format will be like for this next double bachelorette season, something that we've never seen in the history of our beloved game. We've had in America, in America. Yes. We've had two, we've had a double bachelor premiere and we've had a double bachelorette premiere, but in both cases, the players voted and picked who would be the lead for the whole season. So, we don't know what this is going to look like. I don't even know if the show knows what it was going to look like. No, I don't either. Could you imagine, though, having been Jay Overby in season six of Bachelor or Britt Nilsson in season 12 of Bachelorette? You're like, they could have done this the whole time? Uh, or no, season 11, Bachelorette, sorry. To show up that night or that day, whatever, and be like... I mean, season six of Bachelor is a little different. Like, there was no fame to be had longer yeah. than the season was airing. But in the case of like the Caitlin Bristow, Britt Nilsson uh, double season to show up that night and be like, I have a chance at being the bachelorette, but it's not set in stone yet. And then you have to go up and face the firing squad of the player pool who decides which of you is now going to have a million Instagram followers. It's so rough. And the show probably already knew they wanted Caitlin Bristow to be it. I think they just wanted to up the drama in that premiere. I think they could have leaned. You don't think the vote was legit? I don't know. I mean, it might have been legit, but I bet they leaned on players to go in the direction that they wanted them to, don't you think? I think it could have been a thing that was kind of like how they do in the Senate, where if they're trying to pass a bill, like they won't bring it to the floor until whatever side knows, like, okay, we have this many votes. They do kind of like a pre-vote yeah. call around. I think they might have done that in like a slightly bigger player pool. Yeah, they... They probably cast specifically, like, who would you prefer? Who's your dream bachelorette? Exactly. Out of, like, 35 players. And then they just take, out of those 35, enough to get a majority for Caitlin Bristow. And then they press that bill forward, the Bristow bill. Yeah. I mean, at what point did they know that Nick Vial was going to join that cast? Because he mm. didn't have a pre-established relationship with Britt Nilsson. Or maybe he did, because he's put an 11 dimensional chess day one yeah he doesn't give a fuck he would have been showing up in episode four of whoever that <laughs> bachelorette was doesn't matter but i mean i think that that plays into the calculus they already knew that they were doing that i think yeah. they already knew it was going to be caitlin but how much would that suck if you've done all the prep to be the bachelorette this is like you're not eating anything you're just working out you're getting dresses for every single mm-hmm. step of the process and then to just go home night one crushing it's brutal but i mean things like this happen as well during the off season for example there's a lot of jockeying that's being done for who's going to be the next leads who's going to paradise all this kind of stuff and in the case of leads 
players have gotten contracts before, signed the fucking contract. I'm talking about Kayla Quinn specifically here to be the next Bachelorette. Yeah. They even shot promos with her. They had her doing the work of the Bachelorette. And then they were yeah. like, fuck you. Skipping and shit along the beach, I'm sure. Exactly. So that kind of stuff can't happen. But let's talk about for a moment. What do you think is going to happen in this season with two bachelorettes who are going through the whole thing together, dating from the same player pool? You think it'll be the same player pool? I mean, that's like, these are the potentials. You have either one player pool they're mm -hmm. sharing or two separate casts. One player pool that they share. I think it'll go like this. They share a player pool and then it differentiates probably towards playoffs where because you can't like mm. I can't imagine they're going to have like one guy meet for hometowns, basically do a bachelor thing where he brings both bachelorettes to his hometown. No, that gives the guy no. like too much power. The guys will have more power, by the way, than they usually do. This player pool will have more I believe power over the first audience or double first audience than we've ever seen because they do have choices to make in this. Which bachelorette am I going for? And let's say mm -hmm. just as a, you know, for example, let's say Rachel Reckia really likes some guy. So does Gabby Wendy. And it's getting yeah. into that home stretch where then DLP is going to come out and be like, look, Jimmy, you've got a choice to make. Yeah. And Jimmy then gets to potentially break the heart of one of the two bachelorettes. I think that thing is going to happen for sure. For that reason, I definitely think it will be one shared cast because you're just going to get way more drama than if you had like a separate one for each person. We want to see the same people dating both of them. We want to see both of them fall for the same guy and him have to pick. But it's going to be a different game for the guys because... They have to decide which person they can go farther with. You know, you might be the most into Gabby, but maybe there's a ton of competition for Gabby. So you go for Rekia instead. Of course, they are now given, at least on some level, all of the guys are getting a little bit of the experience of what it's like to be a lead, that you're dating multiple people and seeing who's the best fit for you. Even though it's only two, it's not 30. I think whoever comes out of this pool as the next Bachelor is actually going to be a very interesting lead because they will have been able to mm -hmm. experience a little bit of what that's like before they actually go into the circumstance. And especially if they have to dump one of them. Do you think we're going to have any reverse rose ceremonies where the guys have to put their flower, yellow or white flower, or whatever we had with Jay and Byron? Yes. Yes. Make no mistake... The producers are going to try to destroy Gabby, Wendy, and Rachel Reckia in one way or another. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've been just... You already predicted they would die. Yeah, I think they might. <laughs> they will kill I them. I think that that's going to happen. It's going to be our first literal human sacrifice. I think that's going to happen. <laughs> on live television in our beloved game in the history of it. But I was going back and just watching some old episodes of earlier seasons as I want to do. And I went back to season... Mm -hmm. Normal. It is normal. It's fine. It's perfectly okay. I went back and I watched season four. <laughs> and in season four, the uh, morning after uh, night one, the Dark Lord comes in and he informs all the players remaining that they were going to have to vote on who they think is the most compatible for Bachelor Bob Guinea and the least compatible. And it immediately sent them all into tears. So I believe mm -hmm. these games of 
the player pool being forced to make some kind of collective decision or cast votes one way or another, I think that's going to come into play in a very major way. And I hope that it doesn't completely wreck them, but we'll see. We have seen the Danish Bachelor did two bachelors. You are our Joe Millionaire reboot correspondent. How did they format that season with two leads? I didn't watch enough of it to be a good oh, reliable correspondent. No, Wait, no what? one watched it. It was fucking terrible. Here's the problem, I think, with it. I think it's going to be very novel in the beginning. And if they can devise some kind of pattern where it does have love triangles emerging, we will be down for that. The thing that it does, though, is it fucks up the traditional structure of the game, which is this game of attrition, where you're mm-hmm. all vying to be the last one remaining to get that final rose. There's now two final roses. So it gives a double path to ring, which is pretty interesting. And does it also then double all of your other paths? Like if going out in third place is statistically best for crown, are there now two mm-hmm. third places? Or is there still just one? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are there two first flowers? Of course. Yes. Yes, There will absolutely be two first flowers. But you know what they should do, in my opinion? They should they should make them Gabby and Retorecchia. They should make them go tell producers like secretly who they want to give the first flower to. Because Mm -hmm. if it's the same guy gets two, like I think they should do something like that. That's kind of interesting to me. Well, I think it'll be, it'll have like a picking teams type format where it's like, you, okay, she picked him. All right, well, I'm going to get the next best thing. And I am curious. I'm like, there is an opportunity here to do like play for times, but it is like a whole team. Like they both pick their teams, the teams play football against each other, and then the winning team and the bachelorette get to go. And then there's a losing bachelorette and a losing team and they have to go home. That's actually, that's pretty interesting. If they did like a forced violence play for time where the bachelorettes are the team captains of let's say like a football game and then the winning team gets the extra fun thing and the losing team. But I mean, even if you lose and let's say you just have to go back to the hotel or the mansion, do you still get to hang out with the bachelorette? It's like, or maybe both bachelorettes have to go to the after party. Yeah, I think you hang out in your loser's party Mm -hmm. and you, you know, sit around the pool sad. I guess it's not, maybe it, maybe it isn't sad if they're at the mansion. If the bachelorette's there, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, maybe they don't get to hang with the bachelorette. She's in her own chamber. It's got to be both bachelorettes go to the after party, but only one player or only one team of players gets to hang out with both bachelorettes. And that's mm-hmm. where if you start to see like, oh shit, Rachel Recchi doesn't like me as much as Gabby Wendy does. That's when you might be able to figure out if you can jump ship, if you can make that transition. I think that there's going to be all sorts of new tattle plays that we can see because you're going to have like, oh, well, he actually said he's much more into Gabby. I don't know what he's telling you. Yes. And that is something that I think in terms of a second audience strategy, you have to be so careful if you're a player about what you say to anyone And if you ever really start to deviate toward one lead over the other, you have your only chance is an all eggs play. You have to go so hard Mm -hmm. only for that player until the very fucking end, which I think actually is detrimental to your first audience game because you want to have a little bit of a make me stay capability to turn tables. Mm. Yeah. When do you think is the right moment to play an all eggs? 
right before playoffs, right before hometowns. Mm-mm. I think that that makes sense that the playoffs will be each person gets their own individual journey from like hometowns yeah. on. So, I mean, that is a thing that you're going to have is that you're going to get half the storyline. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm curious how that's going to play out. Right. They can't do eight fucking hometowns. No. Nor can they do one person having multiple hometowns. I think it's going to have to be like, it's truncated. Unfortunately, I mean, like one of the detrimental factors of this style of doing it is that Gabby and Rachel Recchia are both going to have minimized screen time, at least minimized from what Mm -hmm. a traditional bachelorette would have. It's going to be halved at the very least. Yeah. It's going to be like Tasha's mini season. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if with hometowns they did, they each get two. So you still have four hometowns. And then what do they do for fantasy suites though? Because you want to be able to have three fantasy suites. Is it still going to be two fantasy suites? I think maybe they just get two. Do they have two hometowns and then two fantasy suites? I guess. No rose ceremony? I don't know. That's what we're going to have to find out. What do they do fantasy suites before hometown? Ah. What about round of six? Each gets three fantasy suites. Each gets two hometowns. Yes. That's how they're doing it. I bet they're going to reverse the order of fantasy suites and hometown. So yeah, they each, yes, that makes I, sense. I 100% think you're right on that. That seems like how they do it. But we also know that this season, or at least there's rumors that this season, we're going to have an interloper, somebody who crashes the season. Ooh, an all star. Yeah, a, a return, a veteran coming back. I love when there's an all star. Is the vet coming back night one, do we know? Or is it a Nick Fial style? The rumors have not indicated one way or another when this vet is showing up, but there is supposedly one showing up. But it could also be a thing that's like, remember when Bukowski tried to do it and he was like shunned at the gates of the mansion? They didn't even let him on the fucking premises. Like I could see something like that happening in this case too. Oh, you mean Heather Martin? Pizza head. Pizza head. Well, keep an eye on all the minivan rentals out there. See who that interloper might be. That's the most effective way to figure this out, right? I just... That Heather Martin <laughs> shit, I, I'll never forget it. As I mean, I'll never forget anything that has ever happened in our beloved game because I've seen it so many times. But that thing specifically, I was like, are you kidding me? You're, you're getting me to... Trying to get me to believe that she fucking ran it. Oh, it's absurd. I saw... So Dark Seeker posted just a breakdown with the faces of the new cast and Blake Moynes commented on it. I was like, where's mine? <laughs> How funny would that be if he crashed this season also? (laughs) I'd love it. He would go down as one of the greatest players in history. I'm a lifetime bachelorette player. What do you want to say? Lifestyle. I actually still feel like Blake Moynes is is one of the greatest players in history just because he dated three bachelorettes in a row, Mm -hmm. made it through a broken season to come in as an interloper in the following season of Bachelorette and won the fucking ring. That's no small feat. I also think his season would... I mean, you predicted a Blake Moynes Bachelor season that we haven't seen yet, but I do think that would make a good season, like an animal-themed season. No, don't agree. We need to put the the pain of the bubble seasons away oh, forever. We must forget. Yeah. I, at this point, don't think anybody from the bubble seasons should be in Anywhere. anything. <laughs> no. Let them rest. They've done... They've They've been through too much. 
Let them move on with their lives. Let us move on with our lives. Let us forget the bubble seasons occurred. Let us move on into this new future where we're getting double bachelorettes and we have no idea how it's going to work. Well, I hope there's an interloper for both of them. I hope an interloper comes for Gabby and Rachel. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Because they have to do an all eggs, right? To explain why they're there. Yes. I mean, yes. There's no way an interloper can show up and be like, I just thought I'd show up and see if I have a connection with one of you two bachelorettes. It's like, what? Yeah. No, fuck you. They have You have to have, I think, a prior relationship with them, in fact. You have to have been DMing or something. Mm. Met them at a party, something like that. But we will see. There have been, I think, we, we have no real confirmation of this and we've been doing our research to the best of our abilities and can't find it. But we think that there have been some international bachelor seasons and bachelorette seasons that have done this format. And so all of our speculation may already be answerable somewhere out there in the world. (laughs) So if anybody has any information. Yeah, they'll probably copy exactly what happened on those seasons. But it's very hard to Google this due to the word bachelor having a lot of different meanings (laughs) as well as different languages that Clues and I are too stupid to speak anything. But our stupidity aside, we are very excited about this upcoming season and also about this off-season. I mean, if you'll remember, our last off-season produced maybe one of the finest bodies of work in the history of Bachelor Journalism, the Hyper Binge. Charles Journal? Oh. I mean, is that... Are you sliding Charles Journal? That was one of my greatest artistic achievements. No, I love Charles Journal. I want to see where it goes. That's it. You saw where it went. There, there will never be any, any more. But um, the Hyper Binge was, for us, obviously an instrumental part of everything that we do. And last offseason allowed us to do it. Last offseason was a long offseason. It was like six months long because of COVID. But, um, you know, good things can happen in offseasons. And I'm glad that we have one now. It does feel like a very much needed rest to some degree. Uh, yes. Just from the pace of it all and the you know, this person's doing that and who's doing what. I mean, we did three bachelorette seasons in one year. Yeah. It's too much. Three bachelorette seasons with four bachelorettes. Yes. Well, that's what I meant. Claire, Tasha, Katie. Oh, but Katie and Michelle were the same one. So four bachelorette seasons in one year. And a bachelor season. It's too much. And a paradise. There was a paradise in there. We're just shells <laughs> of our former selves. <laughs> this point i know (laughs) it truly is but no this off season is a time to rest to regroup to get your own Mm -hmm. gains to get in the gym get swole again and get ready for this next season of bachelorette which is going to be historic in many ways you know what this off season also is it is an opportunity for players from the most recent seasons to make extremely strong parasocial plays to make your own show in the off season because people are starved for content. If I were any bachelor player from Clayton season, I would be making TikToks about what my season would look like if I were the bachelorette. Just make a hypothetical world and make a series of videos what you would do. That's a great idea. And you you should be making some pre-paradise Connections. Stagecoach is coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. Coachella, I think, is too. Oh, yeah. Um, if you are a Paradise player. I will see you all at Coachella. Well, you won't see me. Well, not you. Not, I'm not talking to you. Oh, you're talking <laughs> to the rest of humanity? I was talking to the pit. I will ah. see the pit in the pit at Coachella. 
you know, if I see any bachelor players, I will definitely do an on the spot, you know, field report. Great. Don't worry. I will not worry. I know you were worried. I wouldn't make content, but I will get it. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a player out there and you have your invitation to paradise, as many of you do, uh, you should be DMing one another subtly on the sly. You should be setting up relationships that you can use when you go into paradise. And you should potentially even be setting up partnerships that you can use when you go into paradise. You should be going to all of these festivals. This is your job now. Yeah, that too. That too. If you're not going to stagecoach, you're fucked up. <laughs> Speaking of stagecoach, I didn't put this in there, but Baylock I has been hinting at him having a paramour from Love is Blind Ooh. in his little Roman Instagram stories. Interesting. Well, congrats to Baylock I. But that wraps up our state of the game. We just wanted to talk about this off season that we are now firmly in and what it means for our beloved game as we are approaching this new historic season with two bachelorettes and what that may look like and all these things. We're excited to cover that season, obviously, when it happens and to keep talking about it as we know more things that kind of drip out through the production and all that stuff. And by the way, we will be doing a player breakdown, but we'll probably do it closer to the season starting. And that'll probably be on Patreon. (laughs) But now, let's move on to the next segment of our show. This is... This Week in Gains. So, we don't have a lot of gains to report, but we did want to check in on some of the main players. Obviously, there was no game that aired this week, so we don't have any TV ratings to speak of. But as of today, March 31st, 2022... These are the gains from last week. They've slowed almost to a standstill for literally everyone. Susie Evans, the ring winner, gained 6.3K with 406K total now. Gabby Windy gained 8.8K. She had the biggest gain this week. She is now at 438K. And Rachel Recchia gained 6.3K as well, bringing her to 323K total. And all of these players have a higher gain than Clayton Eckerd, who gained 3K this week finishing at 306k total. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. 
thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced, King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. I can't even say good job, Clayton. It's just, it's abysmal. It's, it's so bad. These are the worst Instagram numbers we have ever seen in the Instagram era. I don't know if it turns around in the next season. I don't know if this is an aberration, if it just has something to do with the fact that no one liked Clayton going in, that very few people even watched this season. I'm not sure exactly what the reason for this is. But next season, this next Bachelorette season is going to be very telling in terms of if this is a trend or if this is just something that happened once because of bad marketing, bad casting, you know, whatever the reasons may be. I mean, I'm looking at the end of Michelle Young's season and these are better than Michelle Young's numbers. Nate had 231K, Brandon had 155 and Joe Coleman had 95K. So these are not the worst. Well, for a bachelor season, though. They're actually better. The guys always do worse than the women do. Right. That's a, a very usual thing. This I'm talking about like if you compare this to um, bachelor season 25. 
So Rachel Kirkconnell had 639K at the end of season 25. Michelle Young had 412K. So at least the ring winner had a higher number. But And then if yes. you go back even one season, season 24, you had Madison Pruitt and Hannah Sluss cracked a million by the end of that season. So those days may be far behind us. I don't know. But I think that this next Bachelor season is going to be interesting, especially watching the two leads. I'm very curious to see what... Gabby Wendy and Rachel Recchia's numbers start to do as we get closer to their season. And then as we continue throughout the season, I'm very curious to see that too. And strangely, I think there's a possibility in that season. And if I was Gabby Wendy or Rachel Recchia, I would be thinking about this very much right now, especially as you're shooting. There's the possibility for one of them to emerge from that season as the supreme victim and be given the crown again. If, for example... They fall in love with the same guy. And let's just say Gabby Wendy is the one who winds up with him and Rachel Recchia is destroyed by it. They're going to give her another chance, in my humble opinion. I think it depends on how entertaining the season is. I think to do the same lead again is, it has to be super compelling. I think they could do it. I think it has to be like Atasha Adams or Caitlin Bristow. <laughs> Brad Womack. Well, just a quick little TikTok update. Clayton gained 3K on TikTok, so he's at around 50K. Susie Evans gained 12K on TikTok. She's at 174K. Her and Clayton are doing great work on TikTok. Absolutely. They still have pretty high engagement. Doing those pizza reviews. They know what's good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of what's good, let's move on now to the next segment of our program this is bachelor nation news first up in bachelor nation news we're talking about anna redmond and chris bukowski they are official after weeks of swirling rumors within the nation the couple finally announced their status via a series of main grid Instagram posts that chronicled their trip to Costa Rica for a destination wedding this past week. The journeyman Bukowski made his rookie debut way back in 2012 on season eight of The Bachelorette and followed up with runs through The Bachelorette season 10, Bachelor Pad season three, and BIP seasons one, two, and six, where he finally, ultimately, proposed to Katie Morton before breaking up with her in December of 2019. Redman, most known for her villain edit in Bachelor Season 25, followed up her rookie season with a stint on sand in BIP 7, where she attempted to win the heart of James Bonsall, who will be the Bachelor for Bachelor Live in LA, before she returned back home to her hometown of Chicago, which is where Bukowski also resides. We wish the happy couple nothing but the best as they make a move to become the most important members of the Chicago clout as the team has been left in the lurch by the recent trade of Grocery Store Joe and Serena Pitt to the New York City influence. Tastes like influence. (laughs) (laughs) It's like restaurant. It's like influence. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, Andy Dorfman is engaged. The Bachelor season 18 third place finisher and season 10 bachelorette announced via Instagram that her boyfriend, Blaine Hart, popped the question this week at their spot in Los Angeles. Hart planned an elaborate proposal complete with a surprise party that included members of both of their families as guests. 
Hart is a 35-year-old commercial real estate agent who actually met Dorfman over 15 years ago through a mutual friend and reconnected with her again last summer. Dorfman revealed that Hart took a trip to her hometown of Atlanta to obtain the blessing from both of her parents and even her sister. So even though he's not technically a player in our beloved game, he has clearly proven to Dorfman that he has the necessary skills. We wish the newly engaged members of the LA Icons all the best, and we hope that now Andy can finally make love while she's in love. I was ho- I was wondering the whole time. I'm like, wow, Clues didn't put any Nick Vial stuff in this. And then, of course, the last line. <laughs> Andy Dorfman, to me, is simply the person that Nick Vial said that to. That's all she is to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> we all are people in just our relationship to Nick Vial. That's right. <laughs> just reflections, echoes of Vial's existence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Michelle Young is next up in Bachelor Nation News. The recipient of the first ever $200,000 grand prize from The Bachelor has put to rest the curiosity about whether or not she would leverage her newfound fame into an influencer career or remain a grade school teacher in Minneapolis. Keeping in tradition with every lead for the past decade, Young has decided to become an influencer. After her season 18 of The Bachelor concluded with a proposal from her ring winner, Nate Charminitz Olakoya, Young returned to teaching very briefly, but this Thursday, Young took to her Instagram story to explain that although she had decided to become an influencer, she would be doing things a little bit differently from her predecessors. Young said, So here are my promoter promises to you. Number one, I will not promote a product unless I've used it, genuinely like it, and think it has benefits. And number two, my favorite part, coming into this world of social media, I have said that I want to make sure that I do good with the platform that I have. So to stand by my word, every single month, I'm going to be donating a percentage of my influencer earnings. Could Young be paving the way for more socially conscious version of an influencer career in our beloved game? Or over time, will the siren's call of ever-increasing financial opportunity eventually see her succumb to the standard influencer pattern of mass marketing products for the highest bidders? Time will tell. But as of now, we can count Young among the ranks of players who have used their time in game to transition out of their old careers and into the fast-paced world of spawn con, celebrity friends, and paid public appearances. Congrats, Michelle. You're about to see how much easier it is to make 200K on Instagram than it is to suffer through two months of our beloved game. (laughs) Clues and I have been debating whether Michelle Young would go back to teaching since she was cast as The Bachelorette. And now she has, she apparently is going to part-time teaching. We heard that from clickbait. And this makes me think she might be leaving it to be a yeah. once in a while teaching a career. Part-time teaching is <laughs> zero hours a day, in my opinion. It's just, look, when you get to a point where you're like, I can make $50,000 in a week by posting a couple of Instagram stories, or I can go teach, but you're only going to be doing this. But I think you're not doing teaching for money, certainly, since it's like poverty wages. So you are doing it for the love of the game. I am interested in what this percentage is of her influencer earnings. She specifically says a percentage, which is incredibly vague. A part-time percentage. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this will play out. She has already posted some SpawnCon 
of a beauty product as well as a really cute one she just did of her and a creature in matching Coors Light apparel. So obviously she has drank Coors Light, genuinely likes it and thinks that it has benefits. I also think it has benefits. I love Coors Light. (laughs) I would love to promote them, Coors Light. If you want to reach out. (laughs) Speaking of influencers, Jojo is in the news this week in anticipation of her upcoming marriage to Aaron Rodgers' lesser known brother, Jordan, a.k.a. Aerobro, the unicorn-headed totter, took a trip to Cabo San Lucas for her bachelorette party. Fletcher's longtime dynamic duo partner and influencer in her own right, Becca Tilly was in attendance, of course, for all of the festivities, which were well-documented across a variety of social media posts. Mimosas, shots, bikinis, churros, workouts, pink roses, a balloon arch, and custom hats were just a few of the activities and accoutrement that made up this blowout weekend in Mexico. Jojo Jojo and Aerobro met and fell in love on season 12 of The Bachelorette back in 2016, where Aerobro pro pro to Jojo Jojo, but they had to postpone due to Kobo. <laughs> that is poetry. Poetry. I had to see you read that. Had to see it. Loved it. <laughs> I love that. Aerobro pro pro to Jojo Jojo, but they had to postpone due to Kobo. But they have finally set it on a date in May of this year. <laughs> and Jojo is adamant that this will not change. We're doing it no matter what at this point. We've waited so long. I want it to be everything that we both dreamt up, and we wanted all the people there, Fletcher exclusively told Us Weekly in August 2022. Congrats to one of the most important couples to ever emerge from our beloved game. How long is this engagement? Six years? It's been a minute for sure. I mean, it withstood (laughs) a lot of uh, attacks, too. If you remember, Chad Johnson famously had sex in a van outside their front door. Yeah, that was haunting. It also, they also did multiple proposals. They did the one on show. They did one on Instagram. And they withstood the uh, Aaron Rodgers. Good for them. Public scrutiny for not getting vaccinated as well. And they withstood, uh, you know, Instagram attrition, which usually happens. JoJo's still in the 2 million club after all this time. Yeah. God, she certainly is. She really has had some lasting power. Well, congrats to them. And closing out. Bachelor Nation News, we want to give a huge shout out to Bachelorette Season 17 player Hunter Montgomery, who celebrated 15 years of sobriety this week with a ton of players from his season. Tremendous accomplishment, and we wish you 15 more happy years. And finally, big happy birthdays to company player Becca Kufrin and recently engaged player Andy Dorfman, both members of the Million Club and two of the best crowns to ever play the game. Enjoy your next ride around the dying sun. And now let's move on to that section of our program where we talk about all the plays the players are making in the metaverse. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Hunter Montgomery, who we just talked about celebrating his 15 years of sobriety, He did it with a strong parasocial play. He posted 10 slides to his main Instagram grid. They were photos of him with family, friends, and more importantly, a bunch of other players from his season, including Katie Thurston and John Hersey. The caption read, Last week, I celebrated a milestone in my recovery that I will never forget, 15 years sober. Congrats on that milestone as well as this powerful parasocial play. 
Former Crown JoJo Fletcher made a four-slide grid post from her bachelorette party. Photo dump of our weekend shenanigans coming soon. But to sum it up, I have the best friends a girl could ask for. Ting emoji. Hashtag Fletcher's final fling. This includes a pic with her dynamic duo partner, Becca Tilly. The post has 246,000 likes. Season 25 player, Jacinia Cruz, made an incredible ad for a new Amazon Prime movie, All the Old Knives, in a reel in which she lip syncs one woman's part, putting herself into the movie, including lighting and wardrobe changes, stating that the best movies draw you into the suspense. The reel has 36.2K views and 2.1K likes. Several players went to the Academy Awards and made corresponding parasocial plays. Rachel Lindsay posted an image of her in a gorgeous blue gown to her main grid with the caption, 94th Academy Awards, film camera emoji, film piece emoji, stars and eyes emoji. The post has 22.9K likes. Tasha Adams made a four slide post of her in a black dress. Stepping out for the night like Blackheart emoji hashtag Oscars. Her post has 132,000 likes. The male goat Nick Vial and his girlfriend Natalie Joy made a post about the awards as well with the caption, I just want to win best supporting role because she is the main character. This post has 51,000 likes. Love to see the great one tearing fairy tales to shreds out on the red carpet. Do you think Nick Vile's presence had some impact on the Oscars and that's why it descended into chaos? Do you think it was his fault? I think it's because someone said Macbeth in a theater. Oh, interesting. By the way, it's not a parasocial play, but Dark Lord Harrison's paramour, Lauren Zima, also did some wild interviews at the Academy Awards And if you can find the ones with Tiffany Haddish and Angus Cloud on the internet, please do so. They are a thing to behold. (laughs) Tiffany Haddish, I don't even know how to describe what she does to Lauren Zima. Just demolishes her. Eviscerates. And the one with Angus Cloud, I don't think was Zima's fault necessarily. Angus Cloud was not giving her a lot to work with. Nonetheless, it's well worth a watch. The Ultimate Viking this week, Clayton Eckerd, also blessed us with another pizza review on TikTok and swim trunks and a gold chain with the caption, as long as y'all keep hyping me up, I'll keep eating pizza and giving subpar reviews. This new review, this in quotes, subpar review has 266,000 views. Good job. Incredible. Clayton. Good job. Ultimate Viking. I knew it. I knew if he did pizza reviews, it would work. I knew it. And it's working. I mean, this is one of your most powerful predictions that pizza reviews would be exactly in his niche, his complete wheelhouse. I love these videos. You know, it's endless content. There's so many different types of pizza. Almost every restaurant sells pizza. This is what I would say to him next. This is what he should do. He should do a daily pizza review of the same pizza from the same place. Like he should order a Domino's pepperoni pizza every day and do a different review every day where he's finding new nuances in the flavors and the cheeses and the pepperonis every day. Mm, I would keep switching them up. Although I love that pan pizza. No, because you want that sponsorship. You want Domino's Mm. to give him a sponsorship. That'll be a shitload of money. You're right. You keep doing the pizza reviews. You give 
the advertiser a taste of what it could look like. Yes. They should be trying pizza along. I saw that they're going to be doing a road trip cross country for moving. They should be stopping at all the most famous pizza places, doing reviews for those. I want to see them go to Rome, do them in Rome as well. But unfortunately, this play was not strong enough to be our play of the week. Not all of these plays can be winners. Our parasocial play of the week goes to former crown Katie Thurston. She wore our Welcome to the Pit sweatshirt in bed with John Hersey. We love to see players celebrating Gorgirl Summer in this fashion. We think it is the perfect piece of apparel for starting a van life journey a la Kaylin Miller Keys and Deanie Babies. It's the only piece of clothing you really need. It can double as your pillow, a yoga strap, a van window curtain, etc. And it'll let everyone you meet on your journeys know that you're very cool and in the pit. Couldn't agree more. Congratulations, Katie Thurston. Always out there doing the most in the parasocial world. Love to see these plays. And now let's move on to some plays that some non-humans were making this week in the parasocial world. Like Moines posed with a nameless owl. That was very beautiful, but not quite as beautiful as another play. Just as with their human counterparts, there can be only one winner of the Parasocial Creature of the Week. And that winner is Katie Thurston's cat, Tommy. (laughs) Tommy took some time out of his busy schedule to snuggle up with none other than Connor the Catman B. That's right. Connor Brennan met Tommy, and this moment was immortalized in Katie Thurston's Instagram stories this weekend. And Connor even posted a slideshow of the meeting to his main grid with the caption, I will not rest until I personally met every cat and dog in Bachelor Nation. He then gave different ratings out of 10 for the Bachelor Nation pets. I love this for Connor. It's a perfect, you know, this is his wheelhouse for... Clayton, it's pizza for Connor the Catman. It's cats. Connor the Catman is really doing a lot in the parasocial world, and I think it might pay off in the very near future. I think we're going to be seeing some more of Connor the Catman B in our beloved game. Mm, Dot, dot, dot. I mean, I would love to. I I think he's a, a parasocial powerhouse as well. Congrats to... Tommy and Katie, a human and creature, getting the awards on the same day. You don't see that often. One of the greatest human to non-human dynamic duos we have ever seen. If you are a wine lover like myself, and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box... 
you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in... Um body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. And I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's move on to that section of our show where Pace Case and I descend deep into the darkest corners of the pit from where we will issue forth our screams about how our fandom of this game is altering our lives. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream this week is that I went to one of my best and oldest friends, Johanna, her wedding to her partner, Quinn, this weekend. 
It was beautiful, touching. I did a ton of involuntary tear play. It was an absolutely perfect weekend. And Johanna and I have a lot of history with watching The Bachelor together. We watched in middle school. As you know, if you're on our Patreon, we did a video episode where we talked about our experience at Sean Lowe's Women Tell All. And I actually gave her a mirror meat bachelor necklace for her bachelorette party, um, which was very exciting. But during the wedding, I had several of her relatives come up to me and ask me about my Patreon, which I guess Joe must have told her about. And they were people that I thought were kind of out of the usual demographic of people who would have any idea what a Patreon is. They were a lot of them were from the Midwest. They were of an older generation. And I ended up explaining Patreon and doing a lot of networking for our podcast during this 4TRR celebration of love. So that is my screen. Love to hear it. <laughs> Ended up being a work event. <laughs> yeah. You're dragging people into the pit no matter where you go. Weddings, doesn't matter. And by the way, that couple met at a bachelor viewing party. That's where they got to know each other. What season? It would probably be around Higgins mm-hmm. season, I would guess. Did they include that in their vows in any way? Yes. Bachelor was in their vows. I think so. Wow. Love to see it. Was the pit in their vows? God, I think so. I don't know. What? They said the pit? No. Oh. No. Just the bachelor. Yeah, I think so. It was in some of the speeches for sure. When they do their vows renewal, they better have something about the pit in there. I'll make sure they get it in at the vow renewal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, every at this point, any group gathering, I feel like always becomes some kind of bachelor work event for me as well. But my scream this week is not about that. It is about a place that I am no longer allowed, at least for the next calendar year. I'm talking about the Grove, of course. If you listen to this program, (laughs) you know that Pace Case and I did an unsanctioned book signing when our book, How to Win the Bachelor, came out last month. And we were removed from the Grove, and we were banned from returning for one year. I put this ban to the test this week. I tried to go see a movie at the Grove. They have a movie theater oh there that I've, I don't know how many movies I've seen in that movie theater. It's definitely the most frequented movie theater of my lifetime. And I thought I was going to go see a movie there. Wait, what do you mean you tried? Well, that's my scream. So I went there and here in Los Angeles, uh, proof of vaccination is no longer required, nor are masks to enter any public thoroughfares. So I left my proof of vaccination in my home. I show up. The person taking the ticket says, proof of vaccination, please. And I say, I don't have it. And they say, we can't let you in. So I was rebuffed. I was turned away at the door of this movie theater, having already bought tickets, and I had to just leave and eat the loss. And as I was going (laughs) home, I'm thinking to myself, the band isn't just people who work at the Grove. It's the Grove itself. The dark energies of the Grove repelled me. It would not allow me to be there. And so I felt like I should take the the note. I should take the hint and really not go there for a year now. Who knows what's going to happen next time if I try. Wait, you didn't have your vaccine card? You are vaccinated, right, Clues? Yeah. (laughs) We got vaccinated on the same day. 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, shit. I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. I'm all of that. But that little card, I had kind of made the choice, like the jacket that I usually wear. I had a mask in one mm. pocket and a vaccine card in the inside pocket. And I just was like, you know what? I don't think I need these anymore. And I set them aside. And indeed, I still needed them, I guess. Even though I don't think that's true. I think like the the protocol here in LA is not that anymore, but I guess they had a, a different policy or whatever. I took it to mean the Grove has literally banned me. Not the people who work there, the place itself, the entity, the Grove. Well, we all know the Grove is done after they expelled us. I'm. It, you didn't take your car, did you? Oh, no. No, I didn't. Because I'm like, how do they even enforce a ban from the Grove? I guess, I'm guessing maybe through scanning license plates, but... Has to be. I'm sorry that they expelled you again. I don't know why you returned there in the first place. To test the expulsion. <laughs> and the test was failed, you see. I'm never returning. Never, ever. I'm making it my a self-directed lifetime ban for myself. <laughs> Only Americana from now on. That's a mistake. But those are our screams. And now we're going to move on to a scream from I Stan Oregon Players. This is someone who has joined us in the bottom of the pit, where if you do as well, you will get access to our Discord. And there on that Discord, you can submit your own screams that have to be a minute or less. And we play the darkest of them right here, which we are about to do now. Are you ready, Pace Case? Let's go. Hello, Pit. My scream today comes from my workplace, where I work as a public defender. I represent kids and parents when DHS removes children from homes for safety concerns. I was appointed to a mother who had her kids removed from her the day before when there had been no problems in her home for three months. I put mom on the stand to testify or provide her ITM of what happened and why the kids should come home. At the culmination of her testimony, the emotion and tension was running high. I knew she needed tear play. She just needed a little push. I thought, now pay with your tears. With the right questions, she broke down. Ultimately, the judge sent the kids home that day, and I got the feeling of what it was like to be a producer on The Bachelor. Even in the middle of that hearing, I understood the feeling, what the dark depths I had delved to were, and discovered the Oppenheimer moment of any producer on The Bachelor. Also, can't wait for the debut of the new small market team, the PDX Masters, headlined by Meredith Phillips, Leopold Bushnell, Hartsock, Herringer, Herb, Marias, and James. See you later, Pitt. I'm glad that wow. the family was reunited. <laughs> I that was a that's a pretty goddamn dark one. I have to admit that if at any point uh, in your life you have a moment where you feel like a bachelor producer, you need to take a step back and you need to reevaluate some things. That's at least my feeling on the matter. <laughs> I mean, I feel like when you're watching anyone and you feel like they should be paying you in tears and you take on a demon's producer voice, you know, that's a that's a little indicator. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean I this is a dark dark scream. I hope that it all works out for all involved. It's interesting to me calling a, a testimony in a trial an ITM because yeah. it kind of is. You're building a story through a person's face-to-face -face dialogue, asking leading questions to get them to say certain things. If there's any benefit to this scream, it is that although I Stand Oregon players maybe dipped into a producerial role or that attitude, 
The techniques of the producers were used here for good, seemingly anyway. Mm. So that at least is something that I can take from this and be like, it wasn't all dark. A family was reunited. That's a good outcome out of this. Usually the producers are just using their tactics to destroy people. Yeah, maybe by producing those tears now, you're producing a lot less tears later. Exactly. But thank you, I Stand Oregon players, for sending in that unbelievable scream. We wish you luck in all of your future cases. You know what I also liked about it is the pitch for an Oregon team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we don't have yet. I think we got to see the numbers rise in Oregon before that. Yeah. And we need like a couple of big leads or ring winners, I think, mm-hmm. have to have to wind up there, unfortunately. But we'll see. Time will tell. The game is ever growing. The player pool is ever expanding. And I think it's probably only a matter of time until we see our first set of expansion teams. But thank you again for sending in that scream. And like I said, if you want to submit your screams, you just have to join us in the bottom of the pit at patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You go there, you sign up, you get access to our Discord, and you can record up to a minute-long scream, submit it to us, and if it's as dark as this one, we may play and evaluate <laughs> that scream. <laughs> but thanks once again for everyone who joined us on This Week in Bachelor Nation. We will be back on Monday with a Patreon episode. It's going to be a digging deeper of some really fantastic clips that have been popping up over the past couple of weeks of all the company podcasts and some of the company adjacent podcasts. We're going to be hitting them all. We hope you'll join us for that. And then, of course, we'll be back on our regular schedule next week with Gore Girl Summer, our next interview coming out on Tuesday, and then a Twibbon to follow up on Friday that week. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,312 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then